Hey, everyone. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Enjoy today's show. Welcome to Real Vision Crypto. Today, we welcome back Michael Anderson and Vance Spencer of Framework Ventures. Guys, we had you on in August of 2021. Uh, a great conversation. People who haven't seen uh, that, if they want to go back and take a look on the Real Vision platform, they're welcome to do so. But I want to bring everyone up to speed on what's new, what's happening. You guys just raised another $400 million, bringing your total assets under management to $1.4 billion. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing right now. Sure. Yeah. So uh, we just raised the new fund. It's our third fund. Um, it's really, you know, a continuation of our strategy of being early uh, active participants and really backing the best founders in the space and in all of Web3. I'd say, you know, one of the things that we started with our first and second fund is really kind of making our name in the DeFi space in particular. Uh, I think that that thesis has expanded a bit into some of the more social and consumer oriented application categories like games, which you know, it's going to be a major focus of this fund in particular. Uh, and yeah, we're really excited to really just kind of triple down on exactly what we've been working on over the last three years. Yeah, Vance, jump in. Yeah, uh, I mean, what else is going on? I mean, we, you know, we now have about 1.4 billion in AUM, you know, we've gone from a firm that mostly focused on, on DeFi and middleware, you know, at the very earliest stages to now things that are more top of funnel, frankly, you know, games are going to be about half this fund, we're investing in you know, custodial infrastructure so that your mother can use crypto. You know, for us, this is the fun where we kind of break out of the uh, the DeFi, the, the middleware, the sound money theses that have powered the space for almost 10 years towards things that are, are just frankly more mainstream. And, you know, blockchains are fast enough. It, it The development cycles are now fast enough as well, um, where you can actually build things and put them out and, and have iterations and see who uses them. So we're doubling down on that theme and, and we're staying early. And, you know, we want to be the benchmark of crypto, not... You know, the mega fund and, and we're more of a jazz band less of a marching band than than the kind of the the four and a half billion dollar two and a half billion dollar funds but you know that's where we like to operate yeah okay so the jazz band is playing a lot of gaming scores right now uh you go up to the venture uh, the website uh, for framework ventures you see a lot of mention of gaming uh in the news releases uh tell us a little bit about why you see gaming as being so significant at such an inflection point right now so the, the, the biggest reason is just, you know, the high level math, um, you know, there's 3 billion people who play games, almost anything that has mass adoption goes through the gaming paradigm. Um, and, right. you know, frankly, that's where most of the, the Gen Z's, the Gen A's are spending most of their time. And so the generational trends are also on our side. And, and so that's like the overall market. If you look at, you know, specifically a lot of the market for play to earn games currently, there's about 1.5 billion people who have a, an internet connection that make less than $5 a day. You know, those folks are going to be playing these play to earn games. And so, you know, we've gone from paying $60 to put a disc into a console to playing Candy Crush, uh, which seemed like an aberration at the time in the, in the free to play kind of right. game space. And now we're moving on the other side of the spectrum where people, you know, maybe they don't use this as a form of employment, but, you know, some aspect of what they're doing is, is fundamentally value creative, both for developers and for the actual users themselves. You know, you used a really interesting phrase there. You talked about the gaming paradigm, this idea that gaming is more than 
uh, just a sort of a, an amusement, but something that is a, kind of a, a almost a front end to the system. I've heard other people talk about the gaming operating system as a way to think about crypto, and it meets very nicely with this other point that you made up about uh, you know this idea that that one's mother does does not generally participate in crypto because the UI UX issues are so complicated. The one uh, advantage that gaming has it's a simple user interface. It's a way of connecting that seems to obviously have gone viral with people, particularly uh, beneath a certain age. Talk a little bit. Michael, uh, pick up on some of those points that Vance made about what this gaming paradigm means to crypto more broadly, because I think it's a really fascinating question. So I, I think the best way to think about what gaming means for crypto is actually what you know gaming means for the next generation of gaming. And we we obviously can look at the numbers and we can see how big gaming is. But when you really think about what you know this play to earn concept that Axie Infinity has innovated. Um, and you think about the advantages of having a game that's built at least partially or wholly on a blockchain, it means that you can actually own the characters and the artifacts and the attributes that you're developing in the game when you're playing it. It means that there can be a marketplace for the assets and, and the characters uh, thereafter. And, and really, you know, play to earn, I think, is a really interesting way of putting it. But I think play and earn is probably where we're going to start to move to, where we actually get to see you know, the games themselves stand alone as entertaining and fun and engaging and competitive. But you know, then there's this economy that's built around it as an abject, you know, ancillary component to it that enhances the gameplay itself. And so, right. you know, when we think about gaming, that's kind of where we see GameFi going in, in, in the Web3 space. And ultimately, if we can get there and we can get, you know, the hundreds of millions of players who are playing some of these massive scale games on, on blockchain-based gaming, that just means that they're also on top of DeFi. You know, the, it's the DeFi rails that are the underpinning in the infrastructure for these games. And what one of the metrics that we think about a lot is, you know, wallet share and, and how many people are internet mm -hmm. users, but how many people are internet users that also have a wallet. And this could be a custodial wallet, which is interacting with the game. It could be a non-custodial wallet like MetaMask. But wallet share, I think, is, is really one of the things that we're thinking, you know, is, is going to be the metric that matters when we start to get into these consumer application categories like games. And, and games is going to be a really perfect proof point for, for building that share. One of the things that I've heard you guys talk about uh, is this idea of finance, property ownership, and self-sovereignty coming into the gaming ecosystem. Where do you think we are with that right now, Vance? We're at the very, very earliest stages. So like just to give you know the people who are not as familiar an example of, of kind of what's going on, GameFi wasn't even a term until you know late last year. The first GameFi investment that we made, we did in January of 2021, and that was Alluvium. But these things have a long gestation period. It's not three guys in a smart contract. You know, Solana shipped their whole blockchain with 12 employees. Like you have art, you have rendering, you have, you know, the game engine that you have to build. You have to build this kind of like newfangled client server blockchain architecture that people don't really have any idea as to what that even means. And so, you know, we don't have really any other live games other than Axie at the moment. But we have a lot of people who are probably like six to nine months away from shipping. And, you know, Alluvium is going to be part of that first cohort. Star Atlas is going to be part of that first cohort. And you know, these games have four or five hundred thousand people in their discord. People are obviously very excited, but, you know, the games aren't there yet. And, and the Alluvium private beta is out as of last week. But like we're just getting there. And so game developers don't even have really any idea that, you know, the, the feedback loops and, and the very specific things that make you able to retain, you know, gamers like those break in Web3, like you have to go download MetaMask, you have to go to OpenSea to buy your NFTs. And so right. we're also looking a lot of the infrastructure developing alongside that. And, and what do I mean when I say that, you know, you're going to need custodial wallets where people don't need to write down their seed phrase, they don't need to figure out how to, you know, calculate a gas transaction. 
that's going to be abstracted. You're going to need platforms that allow game developers to put their NFTs on chain, you know, library of smart contracts that they feel comfortable using, you know, like Stardust, which is a portfolio company of ours is doing that. And they just have tons of people reaching out every single week that are just trying to figure out how to put a game on chain. And so we're still in the era of people figuring out how to put stuff on chain. And, and you know, that's really where we are today. 12 months in the future, I think, you know, we have probably two to three of, of the bigger games launched. We probably have each of those with like 500K to a million monthly actives. And it's going to look and feel like kind of the, the DeFi summer of, of yesteryear. Like it's going to happen. Mm. There's going to be people that are brought in by the millions and it's going to fundamentally change kind of the, the fabric of crypto as we know it. It's probably going to be more about gaming than it is about sound money or any kind of the ideological concepts that we're used to. Um, so to answer your question directly, we're at the very, very beginning. But you know the industry and the infrastructure are starting to form around it. Yeah. By the way, for those watching at home, you are not losing your mind. Vance did just switch rooms out for technical reasons. A quick production note there. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask, you guys know the criticism uh, of blockchain-based gaming, which is you know the experience isn't fun, right? That it's not competitive uh, yet uh, with other platforms for gaming. How do you guys think about that? You mentioned uh, Star Atlas and Alluvium. Uh, talk to us a little bit about where you see the future of gaming going in terms of being able to engage an audience and yet still have some of these underlying uh, blockchain hooks. So great question. I think we've kind of touched on a couple of the components that build into this answer. And when I was describing earlier the, the concept of play to earn, moving to play and earn, I think that's really the concept that we're, we're wanting to highlight here where these games have to be standalone uh, for them to have success. And what the, what the earning me mechanisms, the marketplace mechanisms, the e economic mechanisms that are built into the game can do can only enhance the gameplay. You know, that, that's the way that we have to think about it. So mm. Alluvium, Star Atlas, Guilds of Guardians, you know, these are, you know, high potential AAA quality games, which are fun to play. And, and we've, we've played around with a few of the demos. They're fun to play as standalone games. And then you layer in the incentives, the marketplace, it just adds to the, to the depth of what you can do and, and what you can build in these games that you haven't really been able to see before. And, and so, you know, when we think about, you know, we're still at the early stages of, of this game uh, and game ecosystem becoming real and viable. You know, one of the major changes that we push on all of our game developers and, and companies that are building these games or infrastructure for them is who's doing your economics? You know, being an economist and being someone who's thinking about the economy of these games is just as important as who's thinking about the gameplay, the graphics, the, the artwork, the coloring, you know, all right. of those are, are core components to how everybody would build the game. But now economics is also going to be featured in that. And so, you know, those are those are some of the things that we think about as the future of gaming is really just gaming as we know it today. But it's with this economy baked in. Uh, and, and that's a, a novel concept for a lot of people, especially in the free-to-play and, and console-based gaming. But, um, you know, it's something that's also been used before in World of Warcraft and the Steam marketplace. And, and now we're just emphasizing that because it's built on top of a blockchain and you have that capability from the ground up. Hey, if you like this clip, be sure to check out the full interview and more only on realvision.com forward slash crypto. It's 100% free. Sign up now.